quick PSA for our listeners who are U.S. citizens. The 2020 election season is now upon us, and it is so important that you make your voice be heard. Please go to www.vote.org to find out all voting information you might need, and be sure to vote early. Again, that website is www.vote.org. Plan your vote and enjoy the show. Computer, initialize Holosuite. Holosuite Media. Let us see what the future holds. I'm just gonna start with Discovery Season Three is oh my god! Oh my god, you guys! Finally! Okay, hi. Welcome to What the Future Holds, your Star Trek Discovery podcast here on Hollow Sweet Media. We're a little excited. Just a little bit. Star Trek Discovery <laughs> Season 3! <laughs> and there's much rejoicing. And there is so much, much rejoicing, except for the people listening to this who are going, Ah, oh, God, ah, oh, turn it down. Yeah. Now you had a very quiet <laughs> Sorry. squeak. Sorry, yeah, we're, ex- we're excited. Um, I, I wanted to do a much louder squeak, but I knew that it would shatter people's eardrums because I can get loud. Uh, it's all that vocal training. Anyway, hi, I, I'm one of your hosts. I'm Brandy Jackola. And with me, as always, are my two favoriteest hosts in the world um, for Star Trek Discovery. Because I cannot offend <laughs> Good Suzanne or Nick or Liam. <laughs> and I wouldn't. I love them all. Uh, th- that would be, first of all, my husband, Dave. Dave, Hello. how art thou? I'm a little nervous because we're in uncharted waters now. Mm-hmm. With the other two series, we watched the whole thing, and we could connect everything we were watching going backwards and forwards. And now it's like, um, I don't know. I don't know where this is going. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we're kind of That's adrift. Exciting. It's a little I love it, though. Uh, nerve-wracking. <laughs> it is It is a bit nerve-wracking. And, of course, of course, our good friend, the wonderful Christopher D. Littlefield. Chris, how the hell are you? I'm so freaking good. I'm I I am excited. I I'm I can't believe that we have new discovery and the first episode was wow and I did get to see the second episode because I went to the virtual premiere. And I'm not and I'm, I'm not saying anything. I'm giving you no reaction and no response or anything to that episode. But first episode, wow. <laughs> yes, and and in fact, we're going to give you some time now to just talk about the premiere in general because neither of us were invited. So, <laughs> okay. and you got to go because of cosplay. I did, and I'm not a huge cosplayer, but I do have my Discovery scant that Joe Keegan made and lent me at mm-hmm. STLV last year. So I sent them a couple pictures of it, and I got an invite to the virtual premiere which I was so excited and I figured I just had this amazing cosplay and I looked so good. And then one by one, everyone was like, oh yeah, I got an invite. I got an invite. I got an invite. So it was kind of an (laughs) Oprah moment where you get an invite, you get an invite, everybody gets an invite. But I don't care. I was still excited. I was still there. So um, we, there was a countdown on the screen to the first episode and 
then we had to enter a code and then there was another half hour countdown after that (laughs) so it was like damn it the anticipation so uh just chatting with friends before then we saw the first episode and then there were a whole bunch of interviews in between the first and about two-thirds of the way through the interview portion they announced that they were going to play the second episode too which we were all very excited about there was much more rejoicing and I uh, I heard Sonequa being interviewed and David Ajala and Wilson Cruz was particularly moving. I really enjoyed his interview a lot. Yeah, it was it was really a lot of fun. You know what Wilson Cruz said, which really moved me, was uh, he the, the interviewer asked him, you know, what do you think this Star, Star Trek Discovery means in the world today right now? And Wilson said, I think that the the universe is telling Star Trek Discovery, we need you right now. We need you to do it. We need you right now in this world. And so Wilson just said it felt very humbling that the series can be used in a time when we're all so divided. We're separated, you know, not only politically and socially, but because of the pandemic and all of that financially whatever and he said you know the universe is 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 needing us right now and he said it feels humbling and it was just beautiful Uh, it moved me so much i love him i follow him on twitter (laughs) yeah i know me too he's a beautiful person yeah brandy's crying Uh already when brandy cries You knew it was going to happen. <laughs> I just didn't expect it to happen before we were talking about the episode. But but it's true. No, you know, you. after having seen the first episode and then hearing him say that right afterward, I was I was thinking the same thing throughout the episode. Mm-hmm. I was like, I need yes. this. We need this. You know. Yeah. We need it. We really, really do. We do. And I'm so grateful we're having it. Yeah, it's kind of funny how many people on twitter talking about you know, star trek and being political or not <laughs> oh i know it's like yeah it's just always there's star trek fans that come in and go uh, yeah it's always been political right it's always been about social justice always always yep always yeah if you haven't noticed that you haven't been watching properly well and i feel like social justice shouldn't really be political but you know it's, it's like it's like common decency well, it should be just a thing, always. Right. And yet, here we are in 2020, and we still, as an, a, a world, have not figured that out. Yeah. You know what Sonequa said, which was really awesome? I forgot about this. This was, oh, this just, this made my mind melt. And I, I guess I kind of forgot about it because it just made me, it was such a disconnect from the world that we know. She was talking about the Black Lives Matter movement and and all of the social injustices that we have right now. And she said... She would want to be in a future to where it wasn't even a part of the conversation, where it wasn't even a thing where people thought about it anymore. Mm-hmm. Social injustice. Like it wasn't even in the conversation. It was so far removed from who we are as a society. And I just that that shut me up. Wow. That's that's what I hope for. That's mm-hmm. that's what I pray we get to before we destroy ourselves. Yeah. I mean, we think of how how much we would evolve, and we'd we'd be light years from where we are now. You know. Yeah. That's what's great about Deep Space Nine is the three generations of black men. Uh huh. 
you know, in the in the family, and they're so loving and such a great, tender, positive relationship, and you don't get to see that on television very often, especially at the time. Right. Yeah, you didn't see that in the 90s. You just didn't. Yeah. And if you did see it, it was absentee Black Father. It was right. Black Father was in yeah. jail, or Black Father had abandoned mm-hmm. children, etc. And that was, I think, the first time, really... <laughs> that there was a persistent positive representation of black families and especially black fathers. Mm. So I really appreciated that. Yeah. Because there is still way too much injustice, so much injustice. And it makes me angry. Ah, Anyway, you know what doesn't make (laughs) me angry? Star Trek Discovery. (laughs) Yeah. um, I saw... I guess some people with the premiere got some packages like Yeah, they got I, they got yeah. swag. Um I didn't get swag. Yeah, well, some people didn't, not everybody did. Um oh, well. I know that Bill from Trek Geeks got swag. In fact, there was a candle in it that when lit made the shape of a delta in the flame. I saw that. Right? Just like what? Super cool. I want swag. Yeah, I saw that too. That's the only thing I saw that came in the swag bag was that candle. Yeah. There were some Star was... Trek cat stuff. Cat stuff? stuff. Oh, yeah. cat stuff. The cat merchandise, yeah. Oh. With grudge. Nice. Oh, I love cat <laughs> stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Shall we get down to breaking out? Let's go. Breaking up, breaking apart, breaking breaking down this. <laughs> breaking down? <laughs> Let's not breaking down. I don't like that. Covering, phrase. reviewing. Let us. Let us dissect and absorb and enjoy this episode, this first episode of season three. So, of course, we had a recap because every serialized series does that just Mm -hmm. for just in case you hadn't already watched season two like ean times. Um, I'm not saying that. It's pretty minimal. I'm not saying that I was... um, I rewatched it 10 times, but I probably did. Anyway. I've seen it twice. <laughs> yeah. It's it it was pretty minimal. It hit all of the the points that you really needed to know. Mhm. And so it's like, ah, oh, we're starting out. Wait, who's this guy? <laughs> we, oh yeah. And, we see. and what's going on? Yeah. What? Yeah, I just and crazy ship designs. Yeah. Well, no, before that um, oh, we, oh, before that. Our friend saw you. Oh, the, the bird the alarm bird. clock. Yeah, the, the bird, the bird alarm there. clock that would drive you crazy. It would drive me nuts. But hey, if it oh, works I love for him, it. then that's all that matters. And we, we don't know his name yet. Um, we get that name much, 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 much later. And he's just going through this routine every single day. Now, I I am just flabbergasted by the technology of, you know, he gets up out of the bed and the bed just dissolves back into the ground. Including the cushions, which is weird. Everything. Everything just dissolves back into the ground. Oh, my God. And then he goes to a wall and like a 3D image of him comes out so that he can have the computer brush his teeth, I guess. (laughs) Except there's no brushing. It's just like all ultraviolet light or something. And yeah, how does his desk and chair work? Because it's all like anti-gravity from the looks of it. Yeah, well, it's all... It's this all like, is like replicated. Really, yeah, this is a really advanced kind of replication. Yeah. Is it like programmable programmable matter? Is it the same kind of idea? That, that would or, be my know. guess. We don't really Something know. Something like that. 
No, not yet. But, you know, again, we're 930 years away from where Discovery Season 2 was. And we're far, far past anything that has ever been in Trek. Mm -hmm. You get a sense of, like, solitude and routine and this daily activity that he's going through. Yeah, and the music was perfect. Turning off his alarm and getting to his desk and, yeah. Scanning for signals. Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, the last thing that we really saw that was far in the future was an Enterprise. Right, with, with the J. With, yeah. Well, not only that, but Daniels was from the 26th century. Mm, right. So, yeah. There was that. At least I think he was from the 26th century. I'm pretty sure that was the 26th century. I'm sure someone will correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember <laughs> it as the 26th century. So... <laughs> Yeah, that's uh that's his thirty first. Oh yeah, we're in the what well, we're in the He's he's from the thirty first. Well then because uh, we're in the thirty second century now. Right. So he's just from oh, so I bet he knows about the burn. Mm. If it was hundred and twenty years old earlier or something like that. Either that or it was before. Right. So it's hard to say because hmm. 3188, if you go 120 years before that, we're still in the 31st century. Okay. So it, right. He, he might not necessarily have been around. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Time, wibbly and wobbly. Yeah. And so, so many. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're free of canon. So. <laughs> yeah. And that's. Well, you still have to honor what came before as far as where this crew came from. But. What the future holds <laughs> is right. can be anything. It can be anything. And they can connect the dots however they want. And that is frightening and amazing at the same time. Because when you can do anything, what I know. do you do? I was nervous before the episode started. Yeah. Well, I, I think everybody was a little bit of anticipation and just in case maybe it was bad. <laughs> You never know. I, never, I didn't think it was going to be bad, but never I was. That. There was a little part of me that was like, "Please just let it be more amazing than I even <laughs> want it to be." <laughs> yeah. Well, so after that opening scene, which is it has, there's no words, no words, just yeah, that just piece actions. of music. I don't know what it was, but it was it was classical beautiful. music, and I I recognized it, but I don't know from where. So, I'll know, I'll know it by the time that I record open channel two days from now, which I will be there with you for. So yes, you will. Yeah, and yeah, then we uh, we jump in and we meet book for the first time and Cosmo, who's yes. chasing him, who is also David Benjamin Tomlinson, who plays Linus. Oh, FYI, That's I fun. did not know this. I know. Excellent. I know. Very excellent. I love it. I love it. I like him. I do too. I do too. He can he has depth. He can do many things, obviously. Yeah. And it's not just the makeup because there's makeup, but there's also physical characteristics and and, and like how you walk, how you sit, how you gesture. That's all part of a character. It's not just yeah. what you look like and what the voice sounds like. He's so. like in the in the Doug Jones ilk yes. type of thing. Yeah. Yes, very much so. Very much so. Mm-hmm. Well said. And uh, yeah, Book has stolen Cosmo's cargo. We don't know what it is, but I 
figured it was something organic because he said it belongs to itself. And I'm like, okay, so that's something sentient. Oh. Yeah. So I didn't I know that. what. Well, it's great to watch with the subtitles on. That helps too. But I and did. And 10 times. I, I've only <laughs> watched it three times. Okay. Gosh. Still one up on me. Yeah. Well, it's. It is good to watch it more than once because you always pick up on things later that you didn't in the first showing or maybe even the second because there are always different things you focus on every time. There's so much. There's so much in this episode. So much. It's interesting because it's a very simple story, this first episode. Yes. It's, It's a simple story, but a lot happens. A lot in one day. Because right. this is basically one day. So, yeah, um, Book is running away with this cargo, and he cuts Cosmo off the comms. And then he's alerted that a wormhole is opening, and Michael comes flying out of it and crashes into him. <laughs> and there are some people who may think that that's extremely convenient. I'm just like, why? why would you say that? You what know, do you mean? There's like, oh, that's just too convenient that she would come out of a wormhole and run into this guy. Well, no, it's called... they do know that it's not real life, right? That people actually wrote this story. Yeah. But, so... <laughs> but besides that, that's the thing. It seems coincidental because this is the part of sto- the story we're focusing on. You know? Yeah. It's just. We're telling the relevant parts. We're not telling the things that nobody cares about. Exactly. Yeah. Hmm. So t- calling it convenient, I call it storytelling. Yeah, mm-hmm. same. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah. Oh, how convenient. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Actually. I don't know. Like you could say that about any plot line of any story ever written. Oh, how right. convenient that that happened. Well, yeah, because somebody thought about it and made it happen. Yeah. That's how stories go is yes. you get from point A to B, to from B to C, from C to D. Yeah. And... So, it's called writing. Yeah. <laughs> Learn about it, folks. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, that sends Michael into a tailspin, up, up on almost fatal tailspin, and <laughs> also great. sends book crashing. I like how his ship looks kind of like both a blade and a boomerang at the yeah. same time. It's a fascinating design. I love the way it moves. Yeah. And I want to know more about it. There was something a little bit flight of the navigator about it to me. The it doesn't really look is a yeah, bit like the technology. That. Yeah. The technology mm-hmm. is a bit like that. Somebody's been watching 80s movies and thank you for referencing <laughs> Flight of the Navigator. Of course. I oh love that film. <laughs> round round get around, I get around. Oh, yeah. I love that film. Such a good movie. Yeah. And the pursuit is going through a debris field with mm-hmm. what looks like a lot of Federation ships. At least one. Right. At least I saw one. the NCC, what was it? Something. I don't remember the number. Zero. Some, there was a zero. I when, think. I, when I watch this again and take my copious notes, I will, I will write that down. So. Oh, good. <laughs> but it's, it's okay. I mean, we're recording this on the day it premiered, so it's okay for us not to know every single detail of this episode yet, because it's not about knowing the details, it's about knowing the story, and that's what we're talking about. Right. So, yeah, um, Michael is spiraling out of control. She can't <laughs> get the computer to uh, activate propulsion correctly, and so she tells it to reboot 
She tells it to put up a heat shield and then reboot. And it reboots just in time to slow her descent enough that it does not kill her. But that was a hard landing. Oh, my God. Hard. Like, she yeah. was buried. She had to <laughs> yeah, climb so out cool. of the dirt. Actually, that was more like pumice rock. Because this was filmed in Iceland. And yeah. that's mm -hmm. all a volcanic area, a former volcanic yeah. area. Like, the the walk that they take to get to the mercantile is that it's basically old lava fields that have been come that have become covered in moss. It's just right. all of this lava flow that solidified and it's it's glorious. Iceland is one of the most glorious visually glorious. Oh, the geothermalness places. of it. Just oh, ooh, yeah. it's it's fascinating. So many different environments in one place. Really, really cool. Yeah, so she crashes, um, and <laughs> it just focuses in on this area where there's things that are burning, and then finally a hand comes up out of that rock. Yeah, last minute she also activated her impact shield. Yeah, mm. she so did manage to do that, but she throws didn't... up a little water. Yeah, and oh yeah, who can blame her? I mean, yeah. I don't know how she didn't get more injured. Than she yeah, was. Yeah, even with colliding with the ship, because it must have been just a glancing oh blow, because you'd think just that collision alone would be enough to kill her. Because mm -hmm. she's just that. in a little suit of armor, basically. Well, it's it's a pretty sturdy well, I guess suit. It's got shields. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's it, made it out of shields. whatever. Because yeah. she couldn't go through the wormhole without shields. That's, that's is it made of thing. like titanium or something yeah, like that? Yeah, well, her suit, yeah. the, her underneath suit is made of titanium. Yeah. And I'm sure the other parts of it were made of titanium because I remember them talking about how they didn't have enough titanium and they were going to melt down a bulkhead and, you know, stuff in season two. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and this is. She's obviously in pain. She's hurt. Um, the suit is damaged. Not completely wrecked. But she manages to get up, get out of the suit I like and... how it basically spits her out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it makes her stand up awesome. straight and then yeah, like, and... forces her out of it. Yeah. It's like, and... stand at attention. Okay, now get out. The first thing she does is access uh, the scanners and to find out if there's life. And when there's life found, <laughs> that joy. Multiple that joy. life signs found. Yeah. So good. That's my first cry point. So oh, okay, that's cry point one, and uh, she's she's. Oh just... my, you're, this is making me want to watch it again I right know. now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can watch it when we're done. <laughs> uh, so cry point one for me, and then uh, the suit is saying that the wormhole is closing, and so <sighs> she's got to send that last signal, right. so that Spock knows she that she made it, and so yep. she sets the coordinates, and she tells the suit to go to these coordinates and to and send the signal and then self-destruct now we don't see it self-destruct but i'm assuming that it did however i'm not mm. going to be surprised if somehow it didn't self-destruct just saying i'm keeping that option open maybe somebody caught it before it self-destructed or something or maybe the self-destruct failed the suit right. was damaged it was yeah so anyway that was dun, pretty dun, cool dun. watching the suit go up and Oh my uh, gosh, it was so awesome. It mm -hmm. just became so 
animate, you know? Yeah. And it's uh, like one of Iron Man's like yeah. suits that yeah. are like they just work independently. Yeah. It it was it I'm sorry, it was cooler than Iron Man's suit. But anyway. <laughs> it's because it has wings. Yeah, it was just it's just so <laughs> it's got anime wings. It's so beautiful. It's it's beautiful. It's the beautiful wormhole is beautiful. The, oh my god, the wormhole. Oh man. Just yeah. this whole opening sequence is just so much feast for the eyes to me. Yeah. I and I find I found myself in the first, you know, fifteen, twenty minutes of this episode thinking back to season one and then season two and how we how how we were talking about the season premiere of of two was like oh my god this is so epic like the effects it's like a movie it's so cinematic blah 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 and then this episode happens and they just level up Mm -hmm. that's exactly what they did they leveled up i'm going to apologize right now because someone with a very loud motor is driving through the neighborhood (laughs) hope they're safe yeah i hope they're safe too Stop it! For fuck's sake! <laughs> Shut up! I'm doing a thing here. I'm shouting at my window. Just imagine how much fuel they're burning each time they rev up like that. Get a muffler. Not that, that too. <laughs> Sorry. Get the Midas touch. <laughs> Midas mufflers. Anyway, mm-hmm. boy, that's a blast from the past. Neffler, <laughs> the muffler man from oh, Troop they're... Beverly Hills with oh. Shelley Long and Craig T. Nelson. Do you remember that from the I 80s? Another 80s movie? Never saw it. Troop Beverly Hills. Amazing uh, there's movie. a pod- podcast called Still Buffering where three sisters talk about the kind of the pop culture that helped shape them. And that was one of their reviews. One of Troop my favorite Beverly movies Hills. of all time. <laughs> I'll have to give it a go. It's so like many such cameos. an unusual movie about the rich kids. Let's follow the rich kids and find out. You know, their troubles. It's so good. <laughs> Shelley Long, I think, at her finest. Mm. Excellent. Or outrageous Fortune, I think I like oh, her. Okay. Yeah. That's that's definitely above Troop Beverly Hills. Okay, where am I where are we going? Okay, sorry. <laughs> um yeah. Okay, so the suit goes, the wormhole closes, and she just kind of falls to the ground again. And she is now mourning everything that she's lost. There's my second cry point. That's yeah. That was just really she, hard. Yeah. That didn't connect for me the first watch. The second watch it did because I was like, okay, she's she's disoriented. She's trying to remind herself what are, all these things are. Why? And then the second watch, I was like, oh, she's trying to, she's looking at whatever she has that's familiar mm-hmm. and just making herself be in the present. Yeah. And that's, she takes that time to mourn. And it wasn't very long. She she cried for a bit. And then that's when she started doing what I call the pike maneuver, which is reminding herself of who she is and what she stands yeah. for. Right. Yeah, that's a, a therapy thing, too, is some people who like disassociate or whatever is to touch things. Right. And to get your place in the world. Grounding. And if you figure it's like the Thanos snap, except instead of being half, it's like everybody. Everybody she's known, I mean, even Discovery's not there. Yeah. So everybody right. she's known, everybody she's been in contact with is gone. They're in the past now. They're all dead. dead. They're long dead. They're all dead. They're all for, dead, Dave. Yeah. They're dead, Dave. <laughs> Jed's dead, babe. <laughs> not yeah. an 80s movie, but. Yeah. yeah. 
and so that's that's my second cry point. And then okay. you know she's reminded reminded herself of who she is, what she believes in, and she puts her badge on, and then she starts to get up, and she's she had already been showing that she was having pain on her left side. And so when she started to get up, you know, she kind of collapses again. And then she's like, get up. She tells herself to get up. And so she gets up and she's even in pain when she's putting on her little sling bag. Yeah. With all her stuff in it. And then, and she's looking around, she sees smoke in the distance, obviously the guy that she hit. So she starts heading that direction. She tells herself to walk and she starts walking. Yeah. Just. And I just, I just, I feel like if I were in the same situation, I would be on the ground mourning for a hell of a lot longer. Oh my God. I, I, yeah, I'd be clutching myself for a little while. But she doesn't have that luxury. She needs to find out where she is. And she, she already knows where, when she is 3188, but she doesn't know where the universe is is saved. Mm -hmm. Sentient life is saved. Yeah. Which doesn't mean everything's perfect. And I think. That's the thing that a lot of people kind of forgot that just because there's still sentient life, that doesn't mean the future is perfect. The future <laughs> That's people for damn sure. people are flawed no matter where they're from, and there's always going to be some strife, and there's not going to be perfection ever. Mm-hmm. That's just not how organic beings work. You can just do the best you can with what you got. So Right. Saving keep... the universe was just the first step. Now why? Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Now she's got to figure out what the future holds. Sorry, that's twice I've dropped <laughs> yeah. that. Twice now. Twice. Um, there's a t-shirt that says that now on yeah. the Star StarTrek.com website. Yeah. Well, I have two shirts, actually, that say it. So oh. <laughs> <laughs> And they're both Spock shirts. Well, one is actually just the Vulcan salute oh, and nice. the other one is actually Spock that says let us see what the future holds so oh cool do you get a sense that her ability to stand and walk was kind of just the remnants of Giorgio's teachings to her like going back to the very first episode when they're walking through that you know that desert landscape to create mm. the delta Let's take a walk. Just mm-hmm. like focus on the task. Yeah. Wow! Don't be worried about what you're doing right now at in the moment. Think about you know what's the end goal and head that direction. And that was her goal. She had a goal: get to where yeah. that smoke was, that ship that she collided with. <sighs> That's a long walk, like a really long yeah. walk. <laughs> in pain. She made it really fast, though. It just took her the opening. Yeah. See, that's the the editing part again. It's something. how convenient she got there so quickly. It's like, well, they edit out the time of her walking that whole distance. Yeah, they don't they don't tell stories in real time because we don't need to see real time. Yeah, this I mean, isn't tw- Star Trek twenty four. <laughs> I was thinking that. Beep, beep, Although that would beep. be interesting. Even it'd that be funny show if it's the edited. little bird with the twenty four yeah. on it. <laughs> but no, even twenty four was edited. It wasn't. 24 in real time right it's not like we followed the same character the whole time for bathroom breaks and whatever (laughs) yeah because you know it's like they still edited by changing characters in the story yeah so duh yeah 
Anywho. Um, so take that, 24. So let's talk about the opening credits and the changes therein. Okay. No longer time crystals they are now. They are actually now dilithium crystals. Mm-hmm. They are not. They know. They are no longer green. Mm-hmm. They are what we always, what we thought they were in season one and two. Yeah, they're pinkish, sort of pinky ready. <laughs> so, yeah, that so that was different. First of all, there there are some things that are the same, and then there's other things. Um, I've noticed like the person because you see like the lower half of a person's face, and it's been different in every season. Mm-hmm. This time it's Sinequa. Finally. And we get to see DOTs, a different version of DOTs. Which was, I did not expect to see those, and I'm wondering why, but I suppose we shall see. Oh, what the future holds. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We start a drinking game. (laughs) We, we, We can't actually talk about the fact that we may know something. I don't myself. We may or may not know something. Oh about my god! The I can't with y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I hate you both. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and of course, there's the different badges. I've heard people complain yeah. about that. Really? Yeah. Yeah, you know how people are. They will find whatever they can to complain about because they don't know how to enjoy things. I yeah, mean, aren't at they this point. Egg-shaped? <laughs> I wouldn't call them egg shaped. They're oval, yeah. but I wouldn't okay, call yeah, them egg oval. shaped. Yeah. I mean, at this point, it's just like give up, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, haters, you, just give up. You can say that Discovery's been canceled and that Kurtzman's been fired every other week, but we are never going to believe you ever. Yeah. So maybe I don't know. Stop living in hate and maybe find something to love and embrace joy yeah embrace yeah. joy we love it it's star trek it's not going anywhere you're 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 canceled you're canceled yeah you're canceled <laughs> you're, ca- you're canceled yep you're canceled very good very good <laughs> there's your title <laughs> <laughs> write that down Reply guy canceled. (laughs) Okay. I'm sorry. I'm just going to take a moment because my mother is now going through Discovery Season 1. And she missed, because it's been airing on CBS, the actual network. Oh, right. And she started watching that. And I'm like, Mom, you can watch it without commercials anytime you want because you have access to my stuff. And so I, she missed last week because somebody called and interrupted her and talked for like an hour and a half. And so she missed episode three of season one. And I'm like, mom, you have to watch episode three before episode four or you will not understand what is going on. And so right before we started, I forgot, oh, I was like, ah, I got to call her and walk her through accessing discovery season one so that she can watch that episode and she just sent me a text that said great episode the captain is diabolical oh (laughs) all right mom she is already picking up that's early on Lorca's stuff so and then she will be watching uh episode four in about an hour and a half so i uh, i wait to hear what she thinks about that's cool. talking my Lorca. 
good times. Good times. I'm just so happy that my mother's watching Discovery because that's awesome. I I wish my dad would. I got to figure out. I don't think he I don't know. They don't really get the streaming service thing. Yeah, I don't think they understand that. Well, my mom understands it to a degree, but she forgets the steps of accessing it. So that's why I have to walk her through it. And I'm happy to do that because I just want her to experience discovery. And she's loving it. She's loving it, which I knew she would because I love Mm it. And, you know, she's my mom. So and she's also watching season three because she wants to be able to understand what we're talking about on the unready room. Having not seen season two? No, having not seen season two. Oh my two. god. That would drive me crazy. <laughs> she doesn't care. She doesn't care. She's just okay. she's well. just enjoying being exposed to all of this new track. She loved Lower Decks and Does so Does she listen to this show? Uh she doesn't know how to listen to podcasts yet. Okay. I'm going to set that up for her at some point. And right. uh, but then she'll also hear me swearing. So. Yeah, doesn't she yeah. have an echo or something like that? She does have an echo, and I will have to teach her how to access pod. Thank you for saying that, Dave, because she loves using her echo. Oh, good, because yeah, you can tell. Yeah, she can just you know echo to. She can just computer play, play this podcast. what the future holds. Exactly, yeah. I because we are on Amazon podcast. Oops! I... <laughs> Alexa, computer, stop. Oh, mine's turned red. Uh, it sorry. doesn't like me. I'm having trouble understanding. Oh my god! She she needs to be rebooted. Yeah. The only one that didn't activate was mine because I didn't say the word. Yeah. So. Oh come on. No, I'm not going to do it. If I changed it to computer, she would activate every other second, and I can't have that. That's true. So. I know. Yeah. 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 Anyway, let's uh, let's get on with it. So, opening credit sequence, uh, thumbs up for me. It's it's yeah. There, there's a lot more people in the credits. Love that the episode was written by two ladies and a man. So <laughs> every every <laughs> time every time there's two somebody in, in like I'll say produced by a lady, directed by a lady, written by a lady. It's what I do. It's just what I do to call out the ladies because... When did that start? Like Jessica Jones? Jessica Jones. That's when it started. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I think it was season two of Jessica Jones. I started... Well, I know it was season one of Jessica Jones. So I started doing one. that. Yeah. Purple Man. Because mm-hmm. I, I just kept seeing so many women directing and writing. And so I was I would call that out every time. I'm like, Written by a lady. Nice. So it's my thing now. Uh, yeah, so let's go back to uh, <laughs> to Michael. We're just getting past the credits. Oh my god, <laughs> we're going to be here for two hours again. <sighs> okay, so Michael meets up with Book. We don't know his name yet, but we do because we've seen the publicity shots and everybody has told us that his name is Book. And mm-hmm. he ambushes her. He does ambush her and she puts up a good fight. And oh, she, yeah. she wins that fight. She did do a throat punch at one point. And I'm telling yeah. you right now, that's the way to go. Throat punches. Because they will disorient and uh, hurt your opponent without killing them. And <laughs> oh. make it hard for them to breathe. So, she also did a wrestling arm drag. She did do that. She did do that. He got in a few good shots, but it was mostly yeah. her. And she mm-hmm. she had him on the ground with a phaser against his face. <laughs> And she yep. moves it closer. And I like that she's like, 
she's like, I'll count. Mm-hmm. He's like, okay, <laughs> I like how he's like, damn. Could you get that antique out of my face? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she was. She, she was. She asked him to. She said to listen, and he said, "I'd listen better without that you pointing that antique at me." And then she yeah. pushes it into his cheek. <laughs> oh, those great moments! And they do not have the best first experience, do they? No, nope. because he thinks she's after his cargo. She doesn't even know what his cargo is, and she is just trying to explain. Who she is, that she needs help, and he just won't hear it. It's very romancing the stone. (laughs) Hmm. Like, she's kind of a fish out of water. He's the guy that knows the landscape and the, you know, the society. And so he's going to be her guide. Mm -hmm. Not yet. First, they have to have, there's a lot of, I don't want to know you. I don't yep. want to know your name. Yeah. I don't want to be acquainted with you. I've got my own problems. And finally she says, you know, he's like telling her to go back where she came from. And she says, I can't. And she explains, <laughs> you know, I, my ship's not, I can't get in touch with my ship. I'm alone. I have no choice but to trust something or someone. And I know you don't want it to be, but it's you. Mm-hmm. That was a good moment. Mm-hmm. And so he finally decloaks his ship and they're on board and he's saying he needs, you know, unless she has something to recrystallize dilithium because his recrystallizer is broken, which means Poe's technology is now very, very relevant. Oh, and they've got it. Mm-hmm. Well, the ship does wherever they are. Mm-hmm. Or it, it did, but now it's broken. So oh, he yeah, can't, blasted it out. Yeah, he can't, he can't recrystallize dilithium. Nothing else is going to allow him to use his slipstream drive. Hello. Yeah, slipstream. slipstream. Yeah, that's a reference from the books. Now it's canon. Yay. Nice. <laughs> well, they had slipstream in... Uh, they didn't they do a slipstream in a couple of on-screen things? I don't recall that. In uh was it well there was the wave in next gen. I thought there was a slipstream drive in Voyager or something maybe. Well, I haven't gotten all the way through my rewatch yet, so okay. I couldn't say. But the technology would have still been like in its infancy at that time, uh-huh. but now it's just like commonplace. It's the norm. I love it. Yeah, that was very cool. And so he says the only place that they can go to get more dilithium is if they have something to trade, and that's to go to the mercantile. Okay, yes, Voyager in Hope and Fear and Timeless. And All right. Which was what season? Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All of I them. I can't see it. Oh, I can't see that on that's okay. Memory Alpha. That's okay. We'll find out later. We don't need to know right this second. But it's not something that's in every ship. And it's not even in every ship in Picard. So they're still going with warp drives. Mm -hmm. They don't have slipstream drives even that far in the future. So that's something that became commonplace well after the events of Picard. It was mostly theoretical and unreliable before. Now it's common. 
So that's really cool. I love that. So they're going to head off to the mercantile. He gives her some clothes to cover her uniform. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, wow, uh, that coat is way too big for her. <laughs> so I appreciated <laughs> that that didn't fit her perfectly because it's not for her. It was what he had lying around. Oh, and let's for talk. For a big muscular man. Let's talk yep. about the queen. Let's talk about Grudge. Oh, Grudge. Oh, a mean coon. Yeah, I love that Michael's first reaction is, you have a very large cat. Yeah. She has a thyroid problem. Does she have a name? It's Grudge. And she's like, why? Because she's heavy and all mine. I love it. <laughs> what? Yeah. Now, I've always... You know, since I first knew David Ajala ex existed, I have loved him. And so when I heard he was going to be on season three of Discovery, I was ecstatic. And I love seeing him in action so much. I love him as this character. And even when he was very upset at, with Michael and fighting Michael, I knew there was a heart of gold under there somewhere. Yeah. Because... Of what he said about his cargo, with that it didn't belong to him, it belonged to itself. And I thought, this guy's doing something good. So, didn't know what yet. Mercantile. Wow, when we get to that city, that's a vision, isn't it? That is something um, else. Before we get to the mercantile, oh, there's yes, yes. a discussion about the burn. The burn. Oh, the burn, and, and you're someone who believes in ghosts. Mm -hmm. And also true believers. Yeah. yeah. Right. True believers. Yeah, she uh, she asks about, well, he talks about, that's how the conversation started, is how he said, you're someone who believes in ghosts, and she's like, I don't understand. And he talks about how the Federation just, you know, wasn't something that people yes, talked about. not anymore. around anymore. Yeah. And she's just like, that's not possible. She's just so gutted. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, there's this part of her that's like, did I do all this for nothing? What? Yeah. I mean, it was just the day before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. not Maybe not even a whole day. It was just a little while before that she was surrounded by the Federation. You know, all the ships and yeah. her family. And to, like, just a few hours later yeah. be told that all of that's gone. But to think if you're talking about like nearly a thousand years in the future, any organization might not still be around. Yeah, but it's the Federation. Yeah. Right. If you think of how many nations have even changed, you know, that they had different names a thousand years ago. Right. It's True. like, wait, not the same thing for the Federation. It's the Federation. So because we're better because it's the future, we should be better. That's why. And mm. then she she doesn't understand why she and he says, you know, I don't know. And she presses him. She's like, yeah, you do. And he said, well, uh, they kind of just collapsed after the burn. And she's like, what's the burn? And all he says is, is when the galaxy took a hard left. And again, she's not satisfied with that. She has to know. And he explains that one day most of the dilithium just went boom. And she has to deal with the fact that everything that she knew is gone. 
everything that she hoped to find is gone. And she is just reduced to, again, almost nothing. Yeah. So the 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 one thing that would be home to her and to the rest of the crew whenever we see them is not there in in the same way and when he says hard left it's a very british phrase yes because they drive on the other side of the road so for us it would be a we right say hard right it's very sharp very like yeah very tight turn and so a change of direction in a very sharp, like, dramatic way. Yeah. Yeah. And she has, she's obviously stunned, demoralized, upset. And, you know, he starts, They he's finished with this conversation. He starts walking away again. And, and her face, again, the face acting of Sonequa Martin-Green, she, she just starts to break down. And then she just invokes that Vulcan control and she's mm-hmm. just like, Nope, I have things to do. I I will deal with this later. Right. Yeah, when Not he's time. turned away from her, she gives herself a moment. Just uh, a moment to just, feel very the brief. human emotion. And you know, she sobs for just a brief moment and then yeah, it's the Vulcan veneer. Okay. I mean there's trauma. There's trauma. Yeah. There's so much trauma. You yeah. know, not not just everybody that you know is dead, you know. Yeah, it's the entire universe as you know it. And everything that you fought for, everything you did this for is gone. Except yeah. for sentient life. There's still that. Well, yeah, there's yeah. that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she did but save all to... the things. <laughs> the very oh God, federation you belong to <laughs> scattered to the winds. Yeah. Let's let's get to the mercantile. <laughs> Isn't the place okay. called? Wasn't it called like Requiem? Is that was that what it was called? I can't remember. Uh, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Anyway, it's very Blade Runner, very cyberpunk. It mm-hmm. is. In fact, I I except for it not looking like it was midnight. <laughs> yeah, just like all of Blade yeah. Runner looks. There's it's dark all the, the time. Yeah. So yeah, it's and there's like this floating vessel sort of thing in the middle of it all in the sky that has this really long walkway into it that's inefficient (laughs) (laughs) so inefficient (laughs) but they have portable teleporters or transporters transporters. yeah personal transporters transporters. and can we call it bamfing anytime they do it yes please do because it's very bamfy it's very oh like nightcrawler Mm -hmm. yeah because oh. they bamf everywhere. Yep. Makes they have to wait they to do. recharge. It's very dramatic. Again. It is bamfing. Yeah. Uh, oh, one thing that I forgot to mention is before they finally head into the city, uh, Book is checking on it. Like that, she realizes he's setting temperature controls for the cargo, and so she's like, "Oh, it's temper. It's sensitive to temperature." She says that to him, and he just doesn't answer. He doesn't say anything about it. So she knows it's temperature sensitive and that he stole it from somebody else. That's basically what she knows about the cargo. Mm -hmm. This place is run by Orions and Andorians. (laughs) Yes. What's the setup here? Because it seems like it's 
a society of some sort or an organization of it's some a sort, guild it it's like a guild it's, it's a, guild. a, a okay. courier guild because they have like law enforcement and stuff involved and mm -hmm. so it's like what is their structure what is their organizational structure uh well you got the andorian guy and you got yeah. the orion guy they seem pretty much like the head people right so the andorian's name is is like i don't know if you would say ithic i-t-h-y-k and the orion is ithor Ithorinic. so it's ithic and ithor <laughs> <laughs> or ithic and ithor Icar very much used as a i don't know a comedy double act very kind of abbott and costello yeah. like i think the andorian keeps trying to talk over the orion it's so funny it's like yeah. they're all talking at the same time and just the orion's looking over at him like oh please yeah and this is a base that is specifically for careers no one else was let in and yet he right. manages book manages to get michael in because she has these antiques to trade which is her stuff her tricorder her phaser, etc. So they uh, end up letting her in. Uh, uh, Ithic or Ithic. I don't know. I don't know how you say it. it I Ithic and Ithor. <laughs> I don't know. I like it. Ithic and Ithor. Ithic and Ithor. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, says to let them in. And so... They get in and she sees all of these sort of like podium things and people at them and making transactions. And so she asks him how it works. And he says, well, the buyer comes in with a product, you know, or the seller comes in with a product. The buyer comes in and starts to negotiate a price. They have a representative sign off on it. The Orions get money and everybody goes about their business. So, but he needs dilithium so that he can get this, whatever it is, to wherever he's taking it. And there's a time crunch happening. We know that much. And Book betrays her. He tells her that the subspace comma ray is down that hall and instead it's the vault. And so she gets trapped in a, what is it called again? Uh, I can't it's like find a the word. Binding something. Yeah. I don't know. Can't remember. There's, I don't remember. There was a word for it, but I can't yeah. remember. Well, it there's right like now. two words for it. There's like an adjective and then the noun. Yeah, I know. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a something yeah. beam, but I can't remember. And I hate right. when this happens to me because I know the word is in there and I can't yeah. find it. 404 file not found again. <laughs> That's okay. And Book goes off to, he, he takes all her stuff. He takes not only the tricorder she offered to get him some dilithium, but he takes all her stuff. And she's just sitting there, and our friends, I think and I Thor, <laughs> just suddenly appear. They bamf in. Mm -hmm. And she's already seen that there are personal transporters, so she, we've seen some bamfing up to that point, but... Yep. And she's she's not really talking, and so they hit her with true serum. But it, whatever the stuff is, it has its own consciousness. <laughs> yeah, um, they really put her through the ringer acting wise in this episode. She oh has my to God, do I know. just about every kind of emotional reaction, mm -hmm. including being kind of stoned. <laughs> like we've never seen Michael like this before. No. Oh, no. 
And I love how she's, oh, this makes you talk. You cannot give my friend this. Yes. I have a friend <laughs> with red, red hair. hair. You, you cannot, cannot give her this. <laughs> she cannot have any. It, I love how they they hit her with the stuff. And apparently it's supposed to work like instantly, but it doesn't for her. And they're like, right. Ithic and Ithor, Ithic and Ithor are looking at each other. This is taking too long. You want to go get a sandwich? And so they turn yeah. to go. And then she just kind of sits down on the bench. And she's like, Damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She even falls asleep briefly. She just kind of head goes the down. The camera work is really snoring. good too. Oh, the can the way it's filmed is so yeah. disorienting and weird giving us how she, you know, that that bit of how she must feel right now, her reality with this she's stuff. She's speaking very fast. Sometimes she's speaking very fast and sometimes she's speaking very slowly. I like yeah. that she's she asks if she's overcompensating. Yeah. <laughs> I I feel like that's a comment it's yeah. a comment on people's criticism of my criticism of Michael in the past, you know. I'm overly supportive. Do you think I'm overly supportive? No, 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 no. She said, "I'm so supportive. I'm reflective, reflective, reflectively, reflexively supportive. Sorry, Reflexive. reflexively yeah. supportive. supportive. And what is that about? <laughs> yeah." I came to the future. We we left behind everything I've ever known for the sake. of of creation so <laughs> i saved all the things <laughs> i skipped a few lines there but i love when she just i i saved all the things <laughs> this, this whole scene is brilliant it was and, crazy yeah and then she mentions book and so they go after Book. Cosmo's already found Book. And it's actually uh, lucky that Ithic and Ithor show up. I can't say it any other way <laughs> the silly way. <laughs> and, and Cosmo's not supposed to have a weapon. No, he's not. He's not supposed to have a weapon in there. Bad, bad, bad. I like the negotiating, though. Okay, so I can't kill him, but can I can shoot her? <laughs> yeah, and she's just like... <sighs> And, and then, you just get this sense that this is a bartering town. Yeah. And everything's the, deals. When when she first catches up with him though, when they then they come to book, uh he's she punches him in the face. <laughs> she really just gives him That's a left. That's one hook. of the punches. Yeah. There's yeah. there's three in total. And it's going to be like the next snaps. Yeah. And <laughs> and rightly so for punching him because of what he did, but then they fight together to escape their captors they have their guns now which are really very odd things that just disintegrate you like into ash. oh my god yeah, they're they're like those toy hulk hands except they're phasers <laughs> yeah but they're not even phasers like they just they just disintegrate you Yes. They disintegrate you, and it's like at first you see biological material disintegrating, and then it turns into ash yes. really fast. And that's just scary. And they it's gross. They they make it around a corner, and you know she he's he's saying, "Did they hit you with that?" So she's like, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> now the handheld camera work during this bit is crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that camera cannot stand still, and I was starting to get a little nauseated. It doesn't bother me at all. Just a little bit. Uh, so they're fighting people off, and 
Book takes out an Andorian by hand, just snaps his neck. There's a lot of death in this scene. There's a lot of killing. A lot of, but it's either kill or be killed. That's what it yeah. is at this point. It's not like they're going to take them peacefully now. They're yeah. just trying to it's, kill them. Right. It makes you wonder how bad guy are these bad guys, or are they neutral guys? I, as I don't know enough about this guild to get a sense. I mean, later on, it gets a bit revealed that yeah, these aren't real up and up people they're, and they're the things they want to do with the cargo yeah i think yeah. it was pretty it seemed pretty clear that it was the organization of the bad piratey part of the orion people nice. like the syndicate and everything and then like you know the andorians you know criminal mindset that that part of their culture and their behavior and everything and it's just kind of like combined it's like they're 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 not they're not playing straight, you know. They're no. they're doing dirty. Yeah, well, that's the thing. They are risking nothing. They give the couriers only enough dilithium to get them to where they need to go, and back. They can't negotiate anything for themselves. They're basically using these people and making money off of them. They are right. parasites, is what they are. Yeah, this episode has a pretty high body count, and I was just wondering exactly how bad the bad guys are because otherwise mm. it's kind of like that scene in the matrix where they go in and assault that building and you realize the security guards in there are probably other humans that are in the matrix and so they're just killing these human people that don't know they're helping the bad guys so um, it's like is it that or when your weapon doesn't have a stun function you're working yeah. for the bad guys the bad guys right you know you're working for yeah. the bad guys oh yeah so yeah and pirates they're pirates yep and and book gets a hold of this weapon that just blasts everybody all at once and michael's like she's like laughing her butt off and going what yeah, and it's like a weird belt buckle looking thing. Yeah, that was cool. And you like pull the sides of it and it makes sound wave type big, of thing or something. Yeah, concussion blast. Yeah. And so uh he's you know, they're he's like, come on, come on. And then she looks across the way and she sees a bunch of dilithium. And so she runs across and she starts Fortunate. shoving the dilithium in How her. How convenient. Bag. Yeah, considering yep. that's like the thing that they deal in so that they can get their yeah. couriers where they need to go. Why would they have dilithium there? Yeah, why would they have dilithium at this specific place where Book went to go get it? Yeah, where people actually give you the dilithium at the place. Why would they have right. dilithium there? Oh, and uh, yeah, they're they're getting closed in on and finally Book says, hold on, and he grabs her arm and they bamf. They bamf out. And they, they uh, bamf in near a waterfall. And we get number two. Mm -hmm. She pops Bam. him in the nose again. That one was really hard. That She hit him really hard that time. Like super hard. Yeah. And then more people show up trying to kill them. And so they fight their way out of that until the, the uh, transporter recharges. And then they bamf again. Mm -hmm. And the fight continues. And uh, they get pinned down behind some rocks, and Michael apologizes for probably breaking his nose. And he says, are you only saying that in case we die? And she's like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> I think her weapon gets destroyed, too, or at least... Oh, no, she gets hit in the arm, I think she, she? gets a yeah. little something yeah. happens. She, she gets, gets yeah, shot in the she's, arm. 
Yeah, left she's arm. up there trying to shoot, and she flinches, and then you realize later she has a wound on her arm. A little bit of collateral damage. Yeah. Been shot in the arm. She's lucky she didn't get disintegrated. And there are people yep. who have like, oh, these guys are like stormtroopers. They have the worst aim. Okay. What? Have you ever been running <laughs> with the weapon and trying to hit someone who is also running? It is very hard. I never have. It well, if you watch, hard. they do stop and shoot. Like they'll run, stop, shoot, run, stop, shoot. But even so, yeah, most of the time though, they're just running aim. and shooting. They're first level baddies. Come on, yeah, they're fodder. <laughs> they're fodder. They're, yeah, they're, That's their their proficiency bonus isn't very high. They're not yeah. going to hit their armor class. They rolled some critical ones when they went yeah. for their damage and or their accuracy, and it's just you these know. are first level goblins. Don't yeah. don't worry about it. Yeah, these are good. these are goombas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's how I would say it. Yeah, they're goombas. <laughs> they're goombas. They're Koopa Troopas. And... They are Koopas. I was thinking that. <laughs> not Hammer Brothers. No, not no, Hammer no, Brothers. Not at all. Definitely not Bowser. <laughs> um. Is that enough Super Mario references for everyone? Yeah, I'm okay. good. Ba bomb. Lucky too. Those little wow. those little things on the chain, the little gobbly things that are on the chain to try to eat you. You know, like it's like dogs. Who's not oh, official? Yeah, the chompers. So what was I saying? Oh yeah, and then this is the moment where he says, "You're going to be really mad." <laughs> and so they uh, he grabs her and they run off the edge of the cliff and bamf, and yeah. I loved it in water. And those it's fish, very uh, oh my god, Butch Cassidy Sundance Kid kind of thing to jump off the cliff. Yeah, but they didn't uh, land in the water; they materialized in the water. Yep. Instead of you know hitting it because they would Which have would've... died from that height. Died, yeah. We got to see some neat uh, sea jellies that had some kind of bioluminescence. Yeah, this is... That was fun. That, that was fun. And I really hope they were filming in the summer because it looked really cold. It looked cold. It, looked yeah, it cold did look cold. Very cold. I just, I just, I felt cold for them. Well, it looked like the sun was going down. So mm. you figure it was probably lower temperature. They had to have been filming in the summer because they were filming when STLV started, right? Last year so. I think it was. It would have been the summer. Yeah, oh. that would have been the smart thing to do if you're going to film mm-hmm. in Iceland. Do it in the summer. And uh, yeah, they they make it to to shore, and uh, we get to see David Ajala <laughs> with his shirt off. Oh my god, guys! Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Yeah. And she checks him out more than once. She several times. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I was mm-hmm. like, all right. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you just left Ash. You just kissed kissed ash yesterday <laughs> yeah but she knew she she also knew she was never going to see ash again and she also knew they were never going to be together they just weren't well depends on what they do with section 31 if they jump all over the place it's always possible yeah we'll see but even so i they i don't think that they would been, have been able to maintain a relationship I just, no no i mean yeah he's literally dead now yeah but i mean if they if they hadn't she hadn't had to go to the future, I don't think they still oh. would have been able oh, to maintain no. a relationship. So no <laughs> long distance relationship. I'm getting sad about <laughs> that all of a sudden. I know, I know. But anyway, shirtless David Ajala. That makes yeah. Me feel I still better. think she traded up. <laughs> <laughs> she leveled up too. She, yeah. 
Um, well, he, he looks great. He's magnificent. He's a great actor. He has a cat. He's a cat person. Mm-hmm. And he's got the accent. So The accent <laughs> is very, very yeah. good. Dave. And he has Dave. a very nice ship. <laughs> this, is, this is when we find out that he has abilities he has abilities he can sing to plants he's got glowy forehead stuff (laughs) yep yep and uh saying words in a language that sounds like a cross between like ancient egyptian and yiddish and and, and yeah totally egyptian oh my god yeah it's very egyptian sounding yeah that's just what it reminded me of yeah you almost even hear emotep in there somewhere right it feels (laughs) like that and oh my god, it's a little bit what's it called? <laughs> the movie that oh, became what, a the mummy or this, um, that Stargate. Stargate. It's a little bit oh, Stargate. It is a bit Stargate. Yes, thank you. Yes. A little bit, a little bit, but not enough to be like it's a little life. bit Stargate. <laughs> <laughs> that was Elton. No, I went to Elton, okay. but I like that you were doing I was doing Mambo number five. Yeah. And in my mind, I was doing Stephen Lynch's a little bit special, but changing it to a little bit Stargate. Uh. <laughs> we all three had different thoughts. How amazing. Mm-hmm. I love They're it. They're great. We are so creative. We are. We are so creative. I... Uh, yeah, and he, he gets this plant to come up out of the water and squeezes some goo off of it into her hand <laughs> and indicates that she should put that on her owie. And I like how she goes, it bites. And then she's, <laughs> and it's, goes, got, mm-hmm. it, it's got a bite. She she puts it on her, her arm and she goes, mm, it's got a bite. <laughs> and that was a beautiful scene. It was. I gotta say. It was like, a beautiful scene. And then, you know, she says, I probably should still wrap it. And he whips out a hanky, you guys. Yep. <laughs> a hanky. An old fashioned hanky. And mm-hmm. he, even she says, You have, you carry a handkerchief? And he says, That's got to blow his nose. <laughs> <Yep. laughs> I love that. I love hankies still exist in 3188. <laughs> that just. Hey, that the technology doesn't need improvement. At least we got something. Yeah, yeah, we got something we can hold on to. And so he wraps her arm for her, and uh, he gives her his control thingy, his courier control thingy, and says, here, you know, <laughs> use whatever subspace is available. They're going to trace us soon, but try and contact your ship. This is cry point number three for Brandy. Oh. Because oh. she's trying to contact Discovery and she's not getting anything. And that, that third time, she's like just whispering. Her heart is just so broken. And I'm just like. She also calls him out that he's had this the whole time. Mm-hmm. That he could have allowed her to use this at any point. She didn't need to go to some comm center somewhere. Yeah. She was not happy about that. Uh, nope. Yeah. Being strung along. Mm-hmm. I'd have punched him again. <laughs> yeah, we missed uh, punch number three, and that was we did after they. It wasn't after they got out of the water. She punched him again. <laughs> yeah, and then she it, then it had finally worked its way out of her system. He did say adrenaline would would make it wear off, and eventually it did. So let's talk about them getting back to the ship. I love the cloaking mechanism of this ship. Yeah, it's like perfect. 
you don't see anything and you it can't be traced or else they would have found that ship the minute it crashed so and of course our friends i think and i thor show up <laughs> I think with, the, and with the other with their stormtroopers with their stormtroopers like i there were some aliens i did not recognize and there were also <laughs> you know there was a, a, Lur, a lurian and a tellerite and of course some andorians and, uh, and cosmo is a betelgeusian betelgeusian did you know that i did not know that but thank you i looked it up i saw that on memory alpha they have this up already the episode just came did. out today mm-hmm and it's like this whole bio on Cosmo. If we say Beetlejuicean again, does he show up? No. And don't he you He showed up ever. again, but he died. Yeah. What did you say? I'm just like, <laughs> I don't... Cosmo, Cosmo, Cosmo. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> She's grabbing her hair. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know this is going to be controversial, but it is only my opinion. I hate Beetlejuice. <laughs> oh, you should have seen the Broadway musical. I saw it last year. Ooh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just I, <laughs> sounds rough. I hated that movie so much because I'm sitting there the entire time and thinking, "You guys think you're being so goth, but you're just goth veneer. You don't understand <laughs> what it means to be goth." But you cannot argue that Catherine O'Hara is not wonderful. Catherine, O'Hara, she's Catherine O'Hara is always wonderful. Yeah, exactly. But the movie is not <laughs> it gave me nightmares when i was a kid mm-hmm. i had to sleep with the nightlight on for many 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 days it months did not scare me at all i i, I was, was a very just... sensitive little boy well i was a very sensitive kid too but i got desensitized by watching a lot by of watching alien <laughs> alien was the gateway movie it really oh, truly was and that i couldn't i could not watch that when i was a kid no way I saw it when I was about 13 and we were at a friend's house and obviously my parents did not know we would be watching that movie and we were watching it with my friend's parents. They were the ones who put the movie on and let us watch it with them. That's always how it goes. That terrified me. Actually, no, that wasn't the first instance. That was actually the first instance was um, Friday the 13th. At a slumber party. Oh, with the decapitation no. that some people thought was real. I didn't think it was real, but yeah. it was still terrifying to me. So that that messed me up. Alien messed me up more. And then I started becoming comfortable with the being messed up, comfortable with being <laughs> scared. And I came to love horror in a way that I didn't think I would. Because I, I liked to scare myself when I was little. We had this book that was called Haunted Places. And it was Ooh. a book for kids about real haunted yeah. places. And it had pictures in it that had been taken of paranormal activity. You know, like some really famous pe- pictures. And that book messed me up. But I kept reading it. I would go back and I would read it over and over again. And it would be broad daylight. And I'd just be like, I'm so messed up right now, you guys. And I actually found that book on Amazon, like a used copy, and bought it a couple of years ago. So I could relive those stories. You know, when I was a kid, I used to have a subscription to Cinefax magazine. Did you Do you remember that? Yes, I do. It had all the, how they made all the different, it was in the 80s. They had all the different, how they did the uh, 
effects for all the mm-hmm. sci-fi and horror films and stuff. The Fly, Terminator, all that. Mm-hmm. Alien. Yeah. So the the most formative movies for me to to get me to that point of actually I want to see more of this were Friday the Thirteenth, Alien, um, Terminator. Which I didn't even see mm. all of. My parents just let me see the end of it, and that was enough to really mess me oh up. Oh my god! Really messed me up. And you still have a thing with red eyes. Well, that was that started with the Cylons in Battlestar all Galactica, right. the seventies series. That started there, and then the the final sort of nail in the coffin was Legend of Hell House, which oh, for, such a good movie. It's amazing. Which. I didn't know oh, the name movie. of the movie when I had seen it and I saw it on TV and it was a Saturday afternoon. They used to play all the old horror movies on Saturday afternoons on channel 20. So we, that's what I, I would be folding towels and watching horror movies or Godzilla movies or other Japanese English dubbed movies. That's yeah. That was like the turning point where I was like, actually I like this. I like being terrified. So I had to grow into that. Now as an adult, I'm more keen. Like I, I fell in love with Halloween a couple of years ago with that franchise. Yeah, it's good up to a point, and then it's not. Well, yeah. Now, now, <laughs> really, just the first one is the one that matters. Mm-hmm. But, but anyway, so uh, yeah, scary stuff. Scary. How did yeah, we get it is onto October, that? Where are we? Recording where are we? This. we we are... bad guys are back. We're at the ship. Yeah, and yep. they want they the make cargo. Them uncloak it. Yeah, they. They want the cargo. Sticky. 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 Sticky's the code. <laughs> hey, Sticky? you can do your own passcode when you have your own yeah, it's like, ship. Why is that the code? Because it's the code. You know, it's my ship, my code. You have your own ship, you do your own code. And so they decloak the ship and the cargo area opens, which is really interesting. Cargo areas, like these cylindrical bays. And there's this. Yeah, and they seem to have iris doors. Yeah. And there's yeah. this puddle of something, this big puddle of something in one of the bays. Yeah, there's this mass in one of the tubes. And, Something's curled up. Yeah, and they think they're they're like, is it dead? And uh, the uh, which one is the Orion Ithic or Ithor? I think well, one of the stormtroopers, I think, licks a shot at it. Yeah, it, just at the bay to see if it's... Yeah, just at the yeah. tube. And it, it it kind of roars. And Ithaca or Ithar, I don't know which one. He says, don't shoot it. It's served fresh. And Michael's already uh, grossed yeah. out. It's like, what? You're going to eat this thing? And, and you can see Book's anger. Oh, he's he's just barely He just contained. rages in that moment. And he, yeah. But he knows what's coming. And so he says to Michael, close your eyes. And he closes Very his Indiana eyes. Jones. And she just looks at him for a second, and then she closes her eyes. And uh, Molly comes lumbering out mm-hmm. and proceeds to chow down on some Andorian. Limbs a-flailing and a-flying and blue blood everywhere, y'all. <laughs> and just starts chomping everybody. And there are three henchmen that get the message and bamf out of there. They gone. They bamf far, far away. And so, what do you think the eye the eye thing was? What? How did that? It, because with, it's a with, trance worm. Right. The oh, reason tran- that but, none of them ran away is because they were entranced by the trance worm. So there's a chemical thing mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Right. Uh, like a basilisk or something. Yeah, very much like a basilisk. Where? Yeah, where you like get a what? 
petrified by staring at its eyes. Like a Medusa? Or like a cobra, too, are known to do that, I guess, is that yeah. the cobra will sway, kind of hypnotize you, and so you won't know to run away, and it'll strike you. A basilisk, a, ba- a basilisk is a serpent. So kind of like okay. Medusa oh, has yeah. serpents for hair, it's it's the same thing, but it's just the serpent itself yep. that can right. petrify you. Yeah, there's another cryptid called the uh, cockatrice. Yeah, that's kind of like a big chicken that'll stare at you. I really hate coming up against those in Final Fantasy. It just pisses me off every time. It's like you're <laughs> just a big stupid chicken. Stop petrifying me. Anyway, or was it the boa constrictor in a Jungle Book or the Jungle Book mm. that'll hypnotize you by looking at you? Yeah, trust in me, <laughs> trust in me. We are all over the place in this. <laughs> Okay. We're all over the place. Yeah. So um <laughs> so Book is talking to the to the transform, which we don't know it's called a transform yet. And uh, wh- whose name is Molly. And uh, he's like he he's telling Michael, stay still, stay still, and she's staying still. And he's like, No, no. And Molly <laughs> Molly eats Michael. <laughs> it reminded me of Lower decks with uh, Boimler getting sucked on by the, the spider dairy cow. spider. Oh, the spider yeah. cow, yeah. Yeah, spider cow. <laughs> the milking spider. Except um, Molly was going to digest mm. Michael. But she hadn't chomped yet because Book was talking to her. And he used his ability to influence her. And finally she lays down and spits Michael out. And uh, but goes over to her, asks if she's okay. And she's like, "Yeah, you know, I didn't know how this day was gonna go." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a this is a lot to go through it's... in the the day after you jumped nine hundred and thirty years mm-hmm. into the future after <laughs> having just been in this crazy, insane war mm-hmm. the day before. Yeah, you know, she's <laughs> saying goodbye. You know, she's had no time to process. She's, no time. She's got to be a mess. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's not how I thought this day would end. Yeah. <laughs> she, she didn't know how it was going to go. So, uh, yep. yeah. And the next thing we see, we see them going through the slipstream on his ship. Oh, that was and cool. And they're heading back to wherever he's taking this. The sanctuary. Yeah, the sanctuary. And he explains that the transforms are endangered and people are basically eating them as food. And he he was saving as many as he could, and that he and he's rare in his family. He, re- yeah. he is. He comes from a line of killers and poachers, right? And every once in a while, someone like him comes along. Uh, it's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's so beautiful for the balance. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, and that's that's when you know my first intuition paid off that i knew that he was a good person that he was doing something important and i'm just like yep yep i feel you man i feel you he's space green piece he's a (laughs) one-man space green piece yes yeah because but he's got other people too he does they're a race of green piecers yeah but they're they're the ones that are on the planet tending the sanctuary he's out there doing the dangerous stuff and bringing these creatures he's out there Putting his ship between the whales and a Japanese whaling boat. Yes, right? exactly. Yeah. A la Star Trek Four. Thank you. I really love this. I love this 
story woven in here. I think it's really cool. Yeah. yeah. And then we get- and to see them swimming around and yeah. breaching. And he explains that they have a breeding cycle and they made it just in time for Molly to be able to mate. And so she could get it on. Yeah. And then he's he's shouting these words of happiness and she's, you know, she's talking quietly to to book and uh she says, you know, some of them some of them still survive. And uh he asks her what she left behind and she says 930 years. And he says, why? And she says, to ensure the future, a future. And he says, thank that you. So well and written. that's my yes. next cry point. So that is so well written. Oh, my God. And she's, she says, you know, she doesn't even know where to start looking for her ship. And he says, I think I can help you with that. And we finally return to the gentleman we saw at the very beginning of this episode, uh, uh, Mr. Sao, and all the feels coming. Okay, yeah, this is the uh, the super ugly cry, the super ugly cry. Yeah, sequence. I DM'd you at this moment mm-hmm. towards the end. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm ugly crying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, there's sobbing involved when the scene happens for me. Both um, of my watches. Yep. It was actually more intense the second time. And I probably let loose more because I was watching it by myself. Because sometimes I'm still a bit guarded, even with Dave around. And I, I know I don't have to be. And yet yeah. it's just kind of reflex after all of these years from well before I knew Dave. Because my emotional reactions are not considered normal. And they make people uncomfortable. So I have been conditioned by society to suppress the intensity of these emotions instead of expressing them. Right. And I need to remember that with my wonderful husband of 23 years, I don't need to do that. I need to get to that point. And I'm still working on that. Which is wonderful. Yes. Usually I'll find a tissue and hand it to you. He knows. I've seen that. He knows. Yeah, in the live shows. I I knew it was coming, and so I just went and got the tissue. I'm like, I'm going to need this pretty soon. And got the tissue. So, yeah, um, we have this conversation, and she finds out that this gentleman has been there for 40 years 40, 40 years. years i mean by himself by himself true believer indeed waiting for someone like michael to come along believing that there were members of the federation still out there and you know she she comes in, she introduces herself, and he's just, he's emotional. He's like, I, I never believed this was actually happening, even though I did believe it would actually happen, but it hadn't. It's been 40 years. And so he's so happy to see her, and he is so ready to help her in any way. And she asks if he can look for a ship with the designation of NCC-1031. And so he does a lot of fancy manipulation of technology just yeah. you know in the air so fun and which also kind of reminded me of iron man a bit as well so yeah mm-hmm. a bit like that very jarvis yeah 
And uh, he's like, I can't, I can't find anyone with that signature. I have two Federation ships uh, out there. And then he explains that he can only scan for a certain period of time because a long time ago, long range sensors failed and he can only scan within X amount of sectors. Right. And there's the two ships, yeah. which I missed the registry numbers and I don't know what they are, but yeah, he's, and she's just kind of devastated by that. And he asks her, how is it that you don't know what we all know? And she explains she's from the past. And he kind of takes that in stride. Right. Like, his, he spent 40 years alone. He's just happy to have any company at all. <laughs> and he's just so excited to see anyone from Starfleet. He wouldn't care what time they're from. And uh, she talks about how they were that discovery was in the wormhole right behind her and he said so by the law of temporal physics they could show up tomorrow and she says or in a thousand years right and she's just devastated by that so but uh, he he tells he says he's distracting her from her pain he says i'm going to tell you a secret i'm not a commissioned officer I've never been sworn in because there was no one left to swear me in. And I, I want to ask you to do me a great honor. And he wants to hang up the Federation flag, but only a commissioned officer can do it. This is when I start crying. Mm -hmm. This is the ugly crying part. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I'm going to get emotional now. Y'all just okay. have to deal with it. And uh, I've got I've got mistiness. Yeah, happening. she she tells him that. You know, he, he's the finest Federation officer as any she's ever known. I mean, 40 years, that's, yeah. that's and fucking Federation yeah. <laughs> values and faith. Mm -hmm. And uh, she, she says that they need an acting communications chief to continue to monitor for signals. And will he accept the commission? Commission? She commissions him? When Brandy cries, I don't just know. Out the of look nowhere, she face. just shows up and commissions him. Just the look on his face. Just and the handshake. There's like one hand and then two. Yeah. That's By the way, so I started a war a long time ago, <laughs> and I caused I'm a mutineer. <laughs> uh, it's like. Oh, you're Michael Burt. Oh, the mutineer. <laughs> you know what? That war was always going to happen because that yeah. ship was out there specifically. I mean, they destroyed <laughs> another ship just to get the attention of Starfleet so that they could come out there and yeah. pick a fight. That war yeah. was Wasn't always going to happen. Wasn't that the whole happen. point of the beacon? Yeah. Mm -hmm. The war was yeah. always going to happen. So, oh, gosh, you guys. Uh, do you guys know what the six stars on the Starfleet flag represent okay so earth yeah andor vulcan tellerite uh tellerite two more uh i don't know uh... <laughs> in any case we don't know exactly which ones they represent because the federation right, used to have a lot more stars on there ah, I and see. so they have been greatly diminished because of the burn and the loss of communication across many sectors because no long range sensors still working out there. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't it be interesting if one of them was Fringard 
Fringinar? Fringinar. Fringinar, I seriously doubt. <laughs> so it's the original. So Andoria, Earth, Teller Prime, and Vulcan are the are the original four. The, they're the and original then, four. So I couldn't say who the yeah. other two are. Because didn't Rom become Magus or Magus? Yeah. Nagus. He became Magus. Nagus. Yeah. That's it. So yeah. we'll. I. I'm. I. I predict that we will find out who the other ones are. That yeah. or if it's even still. The Andorians and the Vulcans and Tellarites. Yeah. there's we don't know for sure. We don't know, but uh, you know I'm still ugly crying, and Michael is determined to find the rest of the Federation. She is determined. She's taken it upon herself to put this back together, because overcompensating. <laughs> yeah, she's got to find her friends. Also. You know, he mentioned that his father and his father's father, they were, they were Federation. They were Starfleet. Yep, they were at Federation. That, they were, yeah, it will, it was Starfleet because when he, she walks in, he says, welcome to Starfleet. Oh, right. That's right. So, so I wonder if he's, if his lineage traces back and back and back to, to someone we know. It's hmm. hard to say. Just cur- just curious about it. Not you know, I know nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the thing we don't know. So it ends on a hopeful note with them staring at the somewhat diminished number of stars yeah. on the Federation flag. And uh, Okay, I want I want a flag like that. Like mm-hmm. I want I want some I want to buy something with that. On right. It. <laughs> <laughs> I I would not be surprised if that starts showing up in the Star Trek shop. Yep. Yeah. So you know, it's just like to have so much that you believe in, to find that so much of what you believe in, have having it discovering it to be almost completely reduced to nothing. Yeah. At the end of this episode, this is what I was feeling, and I that's and I I just felt that. Mm-hmm. This is this goes back to my thoughts about discovery being a very emotionally aware and empathetic series because it feels like they and going back to what wilson cruz says it feels like star trek knows what we're going through Mm -hmm. you know and the universe needs to use it needs to use this show for the world that's been the case with star trek throughout the series is it usually reflects what's going on in world events mm-hmm. like with enterprise and post 911 right well here's here's the thing though okay this is very prescient because right. this presents us with a future where people are isolated and disconnected yep this was written and filmed before, before. the pandemic exactly yeah exactly brandy this is the this is this is I mean I this is the universe saying we need this art in mm-hmm. this world right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We need this for our world. You don't even know how badly we need it yet as you're making it, but it's going to be needed. We do need it. We need the hope that it is going to bring us more than anything else. <sighs> I'm getting emotional. I know I do. Damn it. <laughs> it also presents us with the mystery of what is the burn? How did it happen? Was this an attack? Was it a natural occurrence? Do we think this is Omega related? I really don't. You don't. Mm-mm. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have to say that if 
if we're making guesses about things, I'm going to go with Brandy because, and I had guesses about in season two about uh, the Red Angel and possibly being other things. And I was dead wrong. And other people were kind of thinking the same things. And Brandy was like, nah, I don't think that's it. So I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with Brandy. Yeah, I I don't know if I'm right, but it just doesn't feel like the Omega Particle because we know about the Omega Particle, and that's the thing. True. They don't know how this happened, why it happened, and they couldn't guarantee it wouldn't happen again. Right. Mm. So that, to me, says it is something that they don't know about, and the, um, the Omega Particle is yeah. not. So. I don't know. That's that's my personal feeling. That's how I'm logicking it out in my brain. I could be completely wrong. Maybe it's the Omega Particle. There were some people who were like, oh, it's synths. I'm like, no, it's not synths. Oh, okay? I heard. No. Not everything has to be connected to everything. Thank you. It could just be a reflection of an energy crisis. Mm-hmm. That this thing they've relied upon is suddenly scarce. So how is that going to affect the universe they live in now? Well, let's think about fossil fuels yeah and what Mm -hmm. were to happen if those suddenly became volatile and there was another shortage like there was in the 70s except worse because there are so many more people on this planet now right because we haven't gotten off of our dependence of fossil fuels even though there are alternate uh, energy sources available People don't want to change because it's too expensive and inconvenient. Yeah. Oh, my God. But Discovery has the spore drive. Right. Mm -hmm. They have the capability for different, for organic travel, as Lorca said in episode three. So Discovery might end up becoming really, 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 really important for the well, that's federation the thing. they got they got to keep the spore drive secret because people it makes them a target that's true yeah it makes them a big target wow yeah, they have an alternative energy source oh yeah. and if pirate gets a hold of that ship where they well, can just go anywhere still and raid whatever and then leave mm-hmm. before yeah. any backup arrives also, I want to point out that, and Brandy and I talked about this earlier, that the title of the episode is That Hope Is You, Part 1. But the next episode is not That Hope Is You, Part 2. So we don't know what's going on with that. But something's on purpose there, obviously. Yeah. the whatever, Whenever Part 2 comes, and it may not even be this season. Looks like it's not. It's, if, if Wikipedia titles are correct. Yeah. It's hard to say. Mm-hmm. But uh, it may not come till season four. We don't know. But they're they're not stupid. They don't make mistakes in titles. So there right. is a reason for what they have done. One thing I forgot to mention is very early on when uh, Book is talking about the burn. But before that, you know, he's really upset with her because she came through a wormhole, which was a man-made wormhole because there were no natural wormholes in the vicinity. And he talks about the temporal war. He said temporal. He said temporal. Yep, I noticed yeah. that too. I think it's a British thing. It must be. It must be. Because British the last thing. time I heard it was, I can't remember when I said it, but it was yeah. It was another British voice that said temporal. Mm-hmm. Advertisement. Oh, yeah. tenant, in tenant. 
Right. Uh, so no, in Star Trek, I don't know schedule. Schedule, yeah. Aluminium. <laughs> oh, there you yeah, go. Well, that actually should be the way that we say it because it's all of the there. metals end in I U M, and for us to say aluminum, mm-hmm. but to say everything else different. <laughs> anyway, long story short, uh, he talks about the Gorn destroying two light years of subspace. Right. Right. Did they do that? How'd that happen? Right. It's just crazy. Just crazy. It, it seems to me it has something to do with the temporal war, which right. is mm. a thing from Enterprise, you guys. I know. Your your uh, expertise may come in very handy, depending on how the season goes. I know. We'll, we'll see. It, that may be the only connection that we get in that regard. Um, honestly... <laughs> if they were to explain who Future Guy was. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't think they're oh. going to. <laughs> you never know. But it would be like, oh, thank you for giving us some closure because we never got any. Could you we imagine? Never got any. I I can imagine. And I can too. Frankly. I mean, they explained the freaking Klingons. So, like, th- people would lose their shit. Enterprise fans everywhere would lose their shit, as oh, would I. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm, I would be happy with it. I wouldn't care what they decided to do, but I know that there'll be people hating on it. Of course. Of course. There's always going to be people yeah. hating on it. You cannot stop trolls. So, yeah. And again, I feel sorry for them more than anything because they don't know how to enjoy anything. They must have just very sad lives. So, all right. So, yeah. To do with trolls, you. Show them in direct sunlight. <laughs> Actually, Wrong. you ah! you don't feed them. <laughs> the The thing about trolls is, mm. if you don't feed them, they will go away. I thought and that's gremlins. Right. No, no, no. When I'm talking about feeding them, you they want attention. That's what they desire. Yeah. So if oh. you starve them of attention, they go away. That's true. It is true. All right, guys, mm-hmm. how do we feel about this episode? Chris? Meh. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. I mean, they just, they, they leveled up like nobody's business. And and I, I, am, I was moved and, and just awestruck. And I, it's, it's, it was beautiful and exciting and fun and new and still Trek. Dave? It's like... The first episode of Discovery, where there was no Discovery, we also have no Discovery. I thought about that too, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) We have Michael, and we get to see her experience and get introduced to Book and Grudge, and we get an understanding of what the universe is now, and get the sense that, I guess, Starfleet was kind of like a law enforcement agency going around the universe, just keeping law and order everywhere, just keeping the peace. And without that there, everything's kind of gone to shit. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see from here if they get a foothold and actually do reinstate the Federation and uh, get some ducks in the line, because I'm all about progressivism and i'm all about authoritarianism so i'm all for that <laughs> yeah you could rule the universe just rule it in a benevolent way a benevolent way so go starfleet an elephant 
Benelephant. Yes, benevolent. 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 I like yeah. benelephant Benevolent. I like benelephant. Benelephant. Uh, let's just Be- call it benelephant. Benevolent. Benelephant. Now I don't even know how to correctly say it. Benevolent. 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 Do you think book works with benelephants? <laughs> I, I have communicate to, with them too. I have to say that that I did not coin that term. That term actually was coined by Liam Smart in an episode of the Vedic Assembly. Really? He he was trying to say benevolent, and he said benevolent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Liam! Is a skeleton of an elephant a bone Stop elephant? It. So no. where can they find? What do you think, Brandy? <laughs> no? uh, this this <laughs> Sorry, Dave. this season premiere was everything I hoped and dreamed of more. It had all of the feels because I I identify with everything Michael went through emotionally and that whole thing where you just you just tell yourself I can deal I have to do something else right now I can deal with this later, and I have had so many times like that in my life where I'm just like I am devastated and I do not have the time or space to process it at that time and so I just kind of force it down until I have a moment to take it back out of that box and feel my way through it and cry and rage and scream and calm down and go about my life again so I feel her well you brought up something during our second watch is when she asks Book for help. Mm-hmm. Right. And that some people would look at that as weakness. Mm-hmm. Is that if you can't be a maverick and deal with it independently and be the lone wolf and take care of everything yourself, that somehow you're weak. But it takes great strength to admit you need help when you do. Because otherwise, if you go it alone and you're not prepared and you don't know what you're doing, you're probably going to end up dead. Yeah. So I think or alone. you brought up that point, and I think that's very important to recognize that as a moment of strength and not a moment of weakness. Yeah, it is a moment of strength. And I think that the same goes for us in real life. Asking for help does not make you weak. It makes you intelligent. It makes you strong because you are smart enough to realize this is not something I can do by myself, and I'm going to find the people that can help me with this. So, take that, trolls. Mm-hmm. That's a good. That's a good final thought. Yeah. So, whew. I was thinking, okay, we're probably not going to go as long as we did with our retrospectives, but we're coming up on two hours. Oh my god, I know. <laughs> It's the season premiere. I hope y'all are still with us. Yeah. Well, people sat through the season retrospectives without complaint. So They did. People are, people are listening. They yeah. like it. We appreciate you so we much. We do appreciate our listeners very, very much. So tell your friends about us. Please do. <laughs> but anyway, let's go over where we can find people. So, Chris, where can we find you? I'm on Instagram and Twitter at CD Littlefield, and you can follow my other shows at Open Channel Trek and at Four Questions Trek, and that's the number four not spelled out. Perfect. And also, you composed our intro and outro music. 
I did compose the music for this for this for this show. Yeah, that was a lot of fun, which I greatly appreciate. That was a lot of fun. It was really it was really hard to figure out how to come up with an idea that made sense with what we knew of Discovery and what we did not know about Discovery oh, coming up right. with this season. So to find a tone that represented both was really difficult and I wanted to something that sounded like time, you know, the 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 end of the of the piece kind of is what it feels like to me that it feels like there's time going and passing yes. and in stasis and whatever. And then the voiceover of, you know, our boy just just slipped right in there perfectly somehow magically. Mm. I love that. Yeah. yeah. I wonder where that it, and it's rhythmic. Out. It's in the tempo mm-hmm. of the oh. of the music. It was just great. Thank you for asking what me to do it. The future holds. Well, you offered. I wasn't going to ask you because I don't ask creative people for favors. I if <laughs> I ask creative people to do something, I expect to compensate them for that yeah. thing. Commission. Yeah. I I will commission well, them know. to do something. And so I was not going to ask you because I didn't really have anything to offer you <laughs> for that. Oh, well, you know, Sometimes we do nice things for the people we love. I also wrote, listeners, I also wrote the music for my two shows and for the original series, animated series, and Kelvinverse, The Voyages, for that podcast. That was a lot of fun, too, because I kind of channeled the 60s theme a little bit and put some vocals on it. Fantastic. Anyway, enough about me. Nah, there can never be enough about you. (laughs) (laughs) Dave, darling, where can you and the cat find yourselves? Uh, you can find me on Twitter when it's not mysteriously down <laughs> at Dark Corner Cast. I host with Brandy the Dark Corner Podcast, and you can find that on darkcornerpodcast.com. And you can also find me sometimes on Facebook under DJ Evil Dave, just sharing music that I'm listening to. And as for me, you can find me too many places. I've gotten to the point where I actually... I'm tired of saying all of these things. So I'm going to say, follow me on Twitter at Brandywine12. Brandy's with an I, 12 is a number. And you will see me post about the other shows that I do, which are, of course, Dark Corner Podcast. Also at darkcornerpodcast.com, you can find my solo podcast, uh, Headcanon, which really needs a new episode. I'm going to get to that, I swear. I keep saying that every time I talk about it. And then something else happens. <laughs> Stuff and things are happening. Uh, but I'm also on the Hollow Suite Network with uh, Vedic Assembly with Liam and Nick and Boldly Go with Suzanne about Deep Space Nine and Strange New Worlds, respectively. And uh, I do some live shows. I do The Unready Room on Friday nights at 7 p.m. Mountain and with my friend Dan most of the time. Juicy dangler. Juicy dangler. Juicy dangler. Maybe this Friday y'all should come check it out because there might be somebody else on. It's it's definitely Chris. And uh, we talk about, right now we're talking about New Trek. We covered all of Lower Decks and now we're covering Star Trek Discovery as well. It's a completely different conversation. And I'll have another completely different conversation on Saturday at 1 p.m. Mountain Time on the Twitch channel Outpost 13 with Infinite Trek with my friend Aaron Harvey. And uh, we'll be covering also Star Trek Discovery. Once Discovery has finished its season, Infinite Trek will just be about anything Trek again. And we will pick and choose what we like to talk about. 
because we can literally do anything Trek or Trek adjacent. That's why it's called Infinite Trek, because we wanted to not be limited in any way with what aspects of Trek we could talk about. And like I said, you can find that on the Twitch channel Outpost 13, which is just the word Outpost and the number 13, on Saturdays at 1 p.m. Mountain. And it will be released as an audio podcast, usually on the following Tuesday, depending on how busy Aaron is, because he is an artist by trade, and sometimes there's a lot more work than other times. So there are all of those things. Anyway, you can find all of us on all the social medias and also for social medias for the podcast themselves. We have a Twitter account that is WTFH dot, uh, no, pod. Oh, God. WT. WTFH pod. Yes. And you can also find our Instagram at that same handle and find us on Facebook at What the Future Holds, which is also WTF pod on Facebook. WTFH pod. <laughs> WTFH right. you know, guys, I am so spent. <laughs> yeah. Me too. I am I am drained, but I wouldn't have traded this this time for anything else. So listeners, thank you so much for joining us for this first covering of actual new Star Trek Discovery. And we will be back next week with our discussion about episode two and we'll i was gonna say we'll see you then but we won't we'll see each other because we do this on zoom and we can see each other which i think makes for a better podcast (laughs) to be honest so you will hear us again so join us once again to see what the future holds bye This show is brought to you by Sweet Media. Computer, list other available Sweet Media programs. Loading Sweet Preview Program for Boldly Go, a Star Trek Strange New Worlds podcast. It's too much effort and I'm busy. I gotta get this done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had stuff to do. He had logs to plant. He had a ship to take over. He had an entire plot to uh, to fill out and make everyone think that he needed to have a trial for mutiny <laughs> because that will distract everyone long enough for them to get to Talos Four. He's busier than Prince Humperdinck. Loading Hollow Sweet Preview Program for Star Pod Trek, a podcast exploring Gene Roddenberry's vision of the future. So we're seeing that the early Star Trek conventions were were a nice balance between science fiction and real world science. And that was cool because that, because a lot of uh, Star Trek fans are interested in science, and a lot of, and I mean all of those um, science guests that were there probably were Star Trek fans, and and they they probably even said that that they got into to science because of their love of Star Trek. Loading Hollow Sweet Preview Program for the Vedic Assembly a Deep Space Nine podcast.
someone, you know... Oh, just going to... Sorry, I'm going to interrupt you. Yeah. Child pictures are always so shit. <laughs> well, they always look... I feel like you can shit, always they look tell. Crap. I hate them. And then <laughs> my, my niece gives me one and I'm like, oh, thank you for this 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 masterpiece. <laughs> she drew one of me once and I had broccoli on my head. And she's like, that's broccoli. I'm like, why, <laughs> Alice? Why? Love it a bit, but why? Uh, that's adorable. Computer, deactivate Holosuite.